are you to judge? Who are you to judge? Who are you to judge? Who are you to judge? In the back of my mind, I'm saying, who are you to judge? Who are you to judge? Who are you to judge? Podcast. Hello, hello to my amazing Love and Light Podcast family. Welcome back to episode two. We got an amazing episode for you guys today. It's called The Diamond in the Rough. But y'all know before we get started, we got to do like we always do. And we got to open this thing with prayer. Heavenly Father, most gracious and merciful. God, we just want to thank you. We want to thank you for this moment. We want to thank you for this time. And we want to thank you for the voice of Miss Sincere Potter, who will be sharing her story of your testimony, of your good, of your grace, and your mercy. We pray that you give her the strength and everything that she stands in the midst and the need of. In Jesus' almighty holy name, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this time. Amen. Now let's jump right into episode two of Who Are You to Judge podcast. How you guys doing? My name is Sincera Potter, and um, I'm home now. You know, I would tell myself on the streets for many days and many hours and many nights that I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hello, Miss Potter. Hi, how are you? I am wonderful. Drunk how are out. you? Thank you so much for being here today. Um, we tried this. This is our second round, so I know many people won't know that this is our second go. Uh, first time, the, the quality and the video just weren't where we needed it to be, so we needed to do this right for you um, so that your words can come off the right way. Uh, first thing I want to do is get started with you telling me your story from the beginning. Um, I want you to tell me your story. What made you the woman that you are today? Um, I'm so proud of you. Uh, you know what? Before we even get there, before we get there, let's talk about how we met. How did you meet me? Let's talk about how we formed a relationship and how this came to be. How did you meet me? Um, actually, I met you when I was in my audition. Um, I was homeless at the time. Uh, my ex had uh, started a fire in her home. Had never been in trouble in her life. Our relationship was just two people using, and it just didn't go well. And so she committed arson, and I had nowhere to go. And so, again, I had started this ministry called I Hear You Sister for Women Out West at the New Horizons United Methodist Church, and I took what God had put together. I took it into my own hands, which crumbled. Uh, and so, and that was a way of me, means to use, means to, for ways to get high and to live in a hotel off of, in Whitehall, because I had nowhere to go. So, you gave me a donation for $5, <laughs> and I didn't know that I would encounter you again through Community Housing Network, which is uh, a housing uh, place where someone that is homeless, that's on alcohol or drugs, can seek treatment through a mental health agency and then obtain housing. Hopefully, they'll get back to a house and regain everything that they have lost. And it takes time. It takes a lot of time to do that. Um, it took me a lot of time to be able to live in one of the community housing network homes and to realize it was my home and that it wasn't a spot where you can just go get high and then when the dope is gone, you gone. I had to learn how to bathe all over again every day, twice a day, in the morning and at night, take a shower, 
because it was so many years that I wasn't able to bathe. I just had to take porridge baths here and there where I could to kind of make myself look somewhat, but I was dusty as hell. But at the end of the day, I thank God for community housing network. I've met some beautiful, beautiful team members like yourself that took me under your wing and saw the best in me when I didn't see it in myself. And they pushed me. They pushed me and they knocked down barriers and walls that I had built up within myself. And I thank God for them people. Thank you so much, Interior, for believing in me. Uh, thank you for loving my vibes, the, the show. It's, it, to me, it's a meditation show where you commune with God and you go through things in life that, uh, like, I'm listening to you and you were hitting some things that everyday part of life and it pulled me out of my darkness. Um, love and light vibes. The light shine down on, on my darkness. The love that you showed me is so omnipotent that I can't even say, and it brings tears to my eyes on how it humbled me to listen to you on YouTube, literally talking to me. And it could have been thousands, but she was talking to me. And when it stopped, I kind of stopped. I'm like, wait a minute. We can't do this. <laughs> we can't do this. I got to have this show. I have to have this show. It's my life. It's the, it, it was my, it's like um, I was an umbilical cord to you and love and light. And the umbilical cord got cut off. I'm like, no, 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 no. I can't bring you more to help me. And, uh, and I thank God for the moment uh, for you to go on and continue to do what you're doing because it, it does truly help me. And I know that this show will help many, many others. And I thank you for that, Anna. Honestly, from the bottom of my heart, it means more than you know. And as I shared with you yesterday, there were so many times that I wanted to stop doing this. There were so many times that I felt like I wasn't helping anyone. And my husband had to remind me, what did you say when you started this? If you just help one person, that's all you needed was to help one person. And some of my darkest times that I was sharing my story, it was never intended for anybody else, it was just a way for me. That was my journal. You know, YouTube had become my journal, my pen to God about the things that I had learned and what I was going through. And when I met you, I saw something in you so great that I knew you did not belong where you were. And I still believe you don't belong there. Regardless to what you say, I know you're bigger than where you are. Which is why I entitled your yeah. episode A Diamond in the Rough. Because you're bigger than what I think anybody that's worked with you, that's close to you, that's been around you. You're bigger than what they can see. And I can't wait for you to see that light within yourself because you help me while I'm helping you, if that makes sense. You spoke life into me while I was speaking life into you unknowingly. So with that being said, I want you to go into your story. About your story. I want you to tell me about you. What, what, what have you been through? Let's start at the beginning. Um. How did you become the woman you are today? Well, let's start back in, uh, as far as I can remember, we'll start back when I was a little girl in Chicago. Uh, how I got to Chicago is my mother, my grandmother was uh, running in show business with uh, Don Cornelius, uh, Sam Cook, and a few other people. Uh, she gave birth to two kids, my mother and Uncle Butch. Um, they were placed in orphan homes back then, they called them orphanage. So they was with some family called the McClintons or something or went to school with them. 
and my mother got pregnant with me. And back then, um, Cook County, Illinois, took the baby immediately. Uh, and from what I understand, my mother was an honor roll student. Um, she got barred from Chicago from trying to take me, uh, basically kidnapped me. Uh, so I ended up in a foster home with uh, Frankie McClinton, and I remember her. Uh, and I remember sitting down between our head, and they used to do my hair, and it, and it and it you like beat your head still, heifer, <laughs> get over here, beat your head still, and I've been sitting up here pulling, and it was a long comb with big teeth, and I was scared of them, and and, and I remember when she passed away, uh, I didn't know where I was gonna go, and I always felt like the outcast, so a lady named. Uh, Juanita Cook took me in and she had four kids and and I called her Cookie. Uh, she worked for the Department of Human Resources in Chicago uh, and her job was to take kids out of homes um, that were in danger. Unfortunately, she did an awesome job as a mother nurturing me. I appreciate her. Um, unfortunately, when I would go to school, I got, I, I had to back up a little bit. I went to get a Chicago Tribune paper for Easter Sunday. I was so beautiful. And a guy that I had seen in the neighborhood was like, Sissy, let's walk to the next corner, which it was a store. And uh, Angela Wall's grandpa owned Mr. Leon's Barbecue on 60th and Justine. And that man pushed me down them stairs with that big German Shepherd and he raped me savagely. And that's where that's where everything I lost everything I had to walk back home with my head down and look at all the girls I went to school with pretty for Sunday Easter Sunday and Easter Sunday to me was resurrection day when God rose from the dead but that's when I died he rose but I died from that moment on, when they put me on that table and smacked my behind and gave me a shot, that stung. It was like I I had to be carried in school, in like elementary school. I was the outcast, and you can know how kids see it. And I had this awful smell that every time I would wipe myself, I could smell the man that raped me, and I became angry. I wanted to be everything a man could be in the inside to defend myself. I didn't have my real mom. I knew my grandmother would come in and out of Chicago to see me. And she would always squeeze my fingers and say, sissy, sissy. And back then a sissy was a fag. I hated to be sissy, but that's okay. Sincera had again, once again died and I'm finding her now. Let's, let's move on a little bit. Um, I stayed in uh, Miss Foster home from the age basically for real for real from the time I was born till I was 15 and the reason I left her at 15 is became I, my vagina became a toilet everybody got a term whether it was a female or male from my foster father down to her daughter she would never believe that none of them would do nothing like that to me I got beat with extension cords for running my mouth because what went on in black people house back then stayed in black people's houses. And it wasn't doing nothing but bit building a mental time bomb in my mind. Right. All I could see is relive everything that I've gone through over and over and over. Girl, don't you talk to them white folks. 
don't you, your mama didn't want you. If you take it from here, where you gonna go? So all of this played in my mind for years. So we'll move up a little bit to when I was uh, 14. And at, back then I had a key to get in the house. I would go to school and I went to uh, Morgan Park Elementary School under 108th and Morgan in the south side of Chicago. And I was walking home and mama told me to let Mr. Carthens in to fix the air conditioning. And he came in, said, sissy, can you let the basement? I wasn't going in the basement with him. But this man had a huge crush on me. And I knew it, but that wasn't what I was about. I'm, I'm like going from eighth grade to ninth grade. I'm thinking about some old man. So he put it to me. <laughs> He said, don't you tell nobody what, it's not nothing I ain't went through before with people. And he um, went down on me with his mouth. I felt nasty and he tried to penetrate me, but he didn't. I could see that he knew something was wrong. Well, I was pregnant. And I was pregnant with his daughter, my daughter, Melissa Roshan Potter, who's a supermodel all over the world. And, and my thing was to get her to safety. I didn't want my baby to lay in that crib and people finger her or mess with her little booty or anything like that. And in fact, when she was a baby, I was ironing my clothes for school and Miss Cook left me there and Melissa was in this little walker where you bounce up and down. Mm -hmm. And she had grabbed the iron to the, to the iron and it hit her hand, her right hand, before I could catch the iron. So that was another weapon for Miss Cook to take my baby from me and I went to school. I did everything so my baby could stay with me. And I had to get her away from them. And my goal, I told her dad, I said, if you don't want me to tell, you better get me out of Chicago. Right. He said, well, what do I do? His wife was sick with cancer. And I went to school with his kids. I said, you better convince Miss Cook to get me a phone in this room so I can get in touch with my mother, Regina Cheryl Potter. And I got in touch with her and told her she had a grandbaby. She said, don't leave Chicago without my grandbaby, Sissy. I said, I want, grandma, I want mommy. So I got on the bus with her back in 1980. She was seven months old, and I went to Washington, D.C. Boy, I could sing. I mean, I could sing. I mean, you couldn't tell me I wasn't Tina Marie. <laughs> I used to blow before I started smoking cigarettes. I mean, I could blow. Um, um, her husband, my mother's husband, Robert Branch, he's dead and gone now, but anyway, he did the same thing to me that they did in Chicago. I'm like, but again, I was taught not to tell. Right. So I was just like a human toilet. It was just being used. Um, but my mother took my daughter from me. I went to school at Oxon Hill, in Oxon Hill, Maryland. And it was, I forgot the name of the school, but anyway, I think it was, but I went to school in Oxon Hill, Maryland. So I went to school and I came home it was a huge semi and the whole semi was loaded with my mother's stuff and her husband didn't know she was leaving it and she put me in a boarding school in DC and they sent me to Job Force, Susquehanna Chesapeake Job Force Center, which was in Aberdeen, Maryland. So I was just sure that I was going to go on and get my education, get in the army and take care of my baby. My mother ran from state to state all over the world with my baby and the singing group, the Manhattan, uh, with Kenny, he was a background singer for the Manhattan. Gerald, uh, I forget his name, 
Gerald Austin, I think, he was the lead singer for uh, the Manhattan. And every time I called Kenny's house after my baby, his public would answer. And I started getting, I started losing hope on having my baby. It was many nights that I was just like in the streets when I contacted my mom. I'm like, Mom, I'm hungry. She said, what I suggest you do what grown women do because you can have a baby now, baby. Oh, wow. I, I, I just was, I realized that she had took my baby and I had made the wrong move. So can I, can um, I, can I answer I really quick and I'm, ask you a question about your, yes. about your daughter? I mean, I've had the opportunity yes. to listen to her story and hear some of the things that she said coming from her perspective. Have you and her ever had mm. a sit down to discuss the differences that you guys see and what happened? Because I feel like her version is a little different than yours. Your version is a little different than hers. But I think there is common ground that there is love there. And I wonder, have you guys had that sit down to discuss that? When I uh, last talked to my daughter, um, I met her 31 years later uh, at New Horizons United uh, United Methodist Church. And the strangest thing about it was on the Easter Sunday, the same Sunday where I said I had died. I knew the same thing God did on Calvary, he had did for me, he brought my baby to me. And the first thing I did was play in her hair like she was when she was a baby and look at her little hands and see the little marks that she was when she was a baby, make sure she might. <laughs> you know, um, but I seen a girl that was beautiful on the outside, yet broken with some mental health issues, severe mental health issues in a matter. Um, I didn't say nothing, I was just excited about having my baby. Um, the devastating part about it is, is that everything that she did in the beginning was a weapon to use for me in the end, um, and it hurt me so bad to see that my baby, somebody, I took 23 hours of labor and in pain as a child to push her through, and all she could do was smack dirt in my face, but yet up to me, uplift a man that raped me, period, a little girl. So in my mind, I'm going like, so my granddaughter, Karen, so if there's a, a, a old man, 50 or 60 years old, looking at my grandbaby, you cool with that? You cool with her loving on a man that sexually abused her, period, and had your grandbaby? That's not what we're going to do here. It's, it's sick. And to see her on social media downgrading me and putting me down under the bus, like I gave birth to her, I love every part of her being. And even though she's still doing wrong in this world, using my name for her good and to profit, okay, if my trash... Is your treasure gone with it? Gone with it. It hurt me. And it was a setback. But, you know, God has a plan and a purpose for it. You better say And I it. forgive her, but don't throw me under the bus. Don't throw me under the bus. Don't do that. Because I love my daughter. I always loved her. And never not. And just because she was raped had nothing to do with it. I had a choice back then. I had a choice to abort her or have her. And I had her. So that garbage about... She was, I was raped and I couldn't stand to see her. I love all of my daughters. But what I don't love is the ugliness in her and the hustle in her to hustle me. Don't do that and the apple don't fall from the tree because I'm a beast in the street when it comes to this mouthpiece hustling. 
That's how I met you. I don't do that no more. Right. I'm a beast for God. You better say this mouthpiece. I I speak into life and existence. See, the Bible says that the tongue has the power of life and death. So I speak prosperity over my life. I speak prosperity over this ministry. You, your husband, your children will never see poverty. Your grandchildren will never see poverty and know what it's like unless you take them around them to show them what it is. But to live through it, it'll never happen. This ministry will go worldwide and reach the, around the world, around the globe, in all different countries from Africa to Mexico to Cuba. I don't care, New England. And it's going to touch bases with people that are going through the things that I've gone through. But you know something? If if Joshua, listen here, I made some notes. And this is a good time for me to share them notes. And it, it, this is not scribed, but I'm going to tell you something about Sincere Potter. And this goes out to worldwide to people that's been gone through sexual abuse and uh, domestic violence. Because I done went through domestic violence with women, never the men. Because I gave up on the men when I got raped, period. And I tried, and I had a second baby, consensual. I wanted him, and he wanted me. The only reason I wanted him is I had nowhere to go. And I needed somewhere to lay my head, wash my behind, and get something to eat, period. But I had sex with him consensually, period. But I got pregnant with my daughter, Angelica. That's another story I'm going to touch bases on. But I'm going to tell you something. If the sea couldn't stop Moses, don't you stop. You better say it. Joshua... If Joshua didn't stop, don't you stop. If a giant couldn't stop David, don't you stop. I'm not gonna stop. If death couldn't stop Jesus, Ooh, I'm not gonna stop. You hey. nothing can stop me from doing God's will. You preach on it. Earth like it's gonna be in heaven. You better preach my it. God is a good God. You better say it. You better say it. You better say it like you this, know him. This is this, this is the truth. And see, when people talk about these songs, I hear some of pop, lock, and drop it. Hey, listen, the only thing I'm going to pop open is that Bible and lock my eyes on a verse that God has for me Ooh. to pull me out of the rut that I once put my mind in and sit down and stagnate my own life by being around. Listen, a dead battery can't jump a dead back. But when you stick with God's unchanging hands and you stick with people that have been there, done that, and talk about God, and you just get this omnipotent power and just touch him, it's going to ricochet off of you whether you want it or not. Now, you better you cut this out because you got me about to shout. Yeah, I, I, I feel it. I hear you. I hear you. You better talk about him like you know him. We're going to have an intermission in a minute. Right, we about to have an intermission. I'm going to have to cut this dog on screen. Go on, sis here. Go on with your notes. Listen. All that, listen, all that I've gone through has been God's purpose and it's God's plan. Now, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. I wasn't all this, all like preachy, preachy and nothing. But see, if you ain't gone through nothing, you can't even preach about nothing because you ain't gone through nothing. I've always it. wanted to be a theological teacher. But if I didn't go through nothing, I can't. I can't possibly preach the word of God for something I've not gone through. Amen. And I've gone through the fire. I've gone through the fire. I done went through the war. I wanted to be in the army. Yes, I did. To make a good future for my daughter. But instead, God made me a soldier for his will, mm. not the government. I don't got to go fight in Iraq. I fought right here. You better say it. Right here for my life. Right here. You got you know, me so, already. With that being said, 
you you got me about ready to shout now. Come yeah. on, get okay. to your notes. Get to your notes. Let's bring it back. You got me ready to go in. Get to your notes, sister. This is why I can't. This is why I can't go deal here. with you. Go, go, on. go. On. go on. So, with that being said, everything that I've gone through, you know, I've even remember when I, I would be so cracked out my mind, and the reason I crack cocaine is so I couldn't hurt no more, it's so I could stay numb. Some people drug the choices, alcohol, heroin, weed, pills, but it's all for a reason. Mine's is I had a death wish to kill myself until I blacked out from being up so many days, I was incoherent. And in fact, some of the things I seen, I didn't see because I was hallucinating from being up so many days and so many nights smoking that stuff. But at the end of the day, God had a purpose and a plan for me. And see, when I found out that Jesus is my rock and not crack, something that don't crumble, I just went on and gravitated to that. You know, in fact, it's so, it's so beautiful that I have a choice today. I live in a building where people have the same issues, some as me, some more severe than others. But the one thing about it through this COVID virus that I look out when I go out my front door, the human home next door to me, and there's life the other way. And every time I get up and God wakes me up, I say, thank you, God, for giving me life. Right there is a ticket to give him praise and stay humble when I walk. I'm breathing. That's the main thing. It ain't no matter what I went through, because I'm still here. Yes. And I still got a shot to do God's will, not man's will. I don't care what nobody want me to do or what they think I should do. God knows what I should do, and his perfect plan and his will is for me. I would never change one moment of the things that I'm going through. As far as my daughter, she talk a good game, but walking is a whole total different thing. And I'm her mother, and I had her. So when I see her on social media, talking about the mother that threw her away. Go on and get your hustle hand right, baby, because for real, for real, your mom is a beast and your mom loves you, but I don't love the things that you're doing. Period. I have an open door policy in my home. My door swings two ways, open and closed, and I will close the door, whether it be my daughter, my grandchildren, anything demonic that is not of God and don't bring me peace, stay away from me. Mm. Stay out of my home. I won't let you in. I won't let you in. Because I'm not going to let you tear me down. I've been tore down all my life. And God has put people in my life right now to rebuild me up. And let what God has put in me come out. And I'm going to let it come out. It's like when you drink too much liquor. And you you done drunk so much and consumed so much. You got to regurgitate. Because your body done took so much in. Well, that's the way I want the Holy Spirit to get in me. And it's so far down in me, I have to regurgitate it out. And somebody has to get that fire. <laughs> you got me going. You, ooh, I, listen, listen. Look at God. Won't he do it? I'm so proud of you. I am so proud of you, Sincere, from the bottom of my heart. That woman that walked up to my car and that Carhartt, 
I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of the fire that's burning in you. Because I believe it was Jeremiah that said, it's like fire that shot up in my bones. And I see it all over you. I see the anointing of God moving in your life. I see God has changed you around. He's planted your feet on solid ground. And you got a fire that's burning so deep for him. That I pray that every single person that listened to this podcast is blessed by the anointing that God has given you you're not thank god thank god you're not where you used to be look at you look at you i can see the life in your eyes i can see the life in your face you are so amazing i love your story i don't even want to do no more podcasts you it you're it for me i needed your story to be heard i needed your story to be heard i needed this moment i want you got me going. You got me going. Let's go. I keep forgetting. We on the, we on the camera. We could talk off camera. We on the camera. We on the camera. Okay. Okay. Jesus, I'm shaking. Tell me this. Tell me this. If you could tell younger sincere one thing, what would you tell her? What'd you say? Can you repeat that again? You went in and out. If you could tell your younger self one thing, what would you tell her? One more time, you're going in and out. If you could tell your younger self one more thing, what would it be? Um, if I could be myself one younger thing, one more step, I would tell myself. I would tell myself, Sincera, you're beautiful. No matter what you've gone through, you're beautiful on the inside. That's what comes on from the outside and remember no matter what you go through tell yourself I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and I told myself that day after day after day after day sometimes every hour just to get from one bad situation to the next good situation but I had to cut off people that didn't bring life into my life Oh, I was breathing, but see, I was breathing the air that God gives me, but they was trying to take my breath away and use me for what they could use me for. When I got people in my life now that seem the best in me and want to bring it out so I can breathe and live life abundantly in earth as it is, and I ain't got the doubt to get there and get it, I'm going to get it right here. I, I love that. And, and if you could inspire one person that's in their storm where you've been, that's been where you, they, they, they are where you've been, if you can inspire one person, what would you tell them? How would you tell them to get through them nights on the street? How would you tell them to get through them nights sitting in a drug house? I would say this to that person and this is the scribe I would say you know something no more poor wars needs because we've all been placed in situations we didn't ask for I didn't have to be placed in no foster home and get sexually abused by men or women in fact a woman was the first one to touch me before the men did um, 
whether it be sexual abuse, domestic violence, whatever it may be. Some of us seen things we can't even imagine seeing, and it's unimaginable. The Bible says God will never leave us or forsake us. We are still here for his mercy and for his grace and for his purpose. And in Matthew 18, 9 says, God has led us in the spirit to help you release faith. St. Mark says that Jesus said, if you can believe all things are possible in him who believe means if you see it in your mind in a vision, then God will send people to see it through. I have to thank you. I have to thank you for your transparency. I have to thank you for your authenticity. I have to thank God for placing you in thank my you life. Thank you so much. Your story. And and we have and and this is the thing I want people to understand. This ain't even the depth of it. This this isn't even this isn't even the depth of how deep the things that you've been through can go. But I want to say this to you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Because if you don't help nobody else, you've helped me and you've changed my life. And I pray that your story can take you somebody so and change their lives the way you've changed mine. I want to thank you for being here with me today. Um, I want you to tell my people about your business that we got going because we do support your black-owned business. Tell them how God has blessed you and what you're doing Well, now. I'll tell you how I started. I started working for a black-owned business here on the east side of Columbus called The Hat Locker. And the owner looked at me and said, listen, T.T., what you doing? But I'm going to give you a chance to eat. Just wear this sign and pass. I said, nope, I ain't working for nobody. I ain't doing it. He said, T.T., listen, I'm going to give you this oil to sell. And all I'm going to start a case. But everything else is yours. I was like, for real? So I'm thinking, yes, yes, I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> and I went out there with his sign on my back. And I went to selling that oil. And boy, did I take off with a flight. Oh, he loved it. But there were some days, even though I was still using crack cocaine, my drug of choice, um, I noticed in my circle that a lot of people were doing the second thing I was doing. It's just they had the opportunity to camouflage it. However, um, I took that opportunity and I learned the business mindset on how you can obtain a lot of things. Just don't forget the underdogs and give them scraps. And I went on to working with raining cash passing out their flyers. Even got with this lady called Grandma. Her name is Miss Mary Anderson. And I was selling her lanyards and I gave her power for me to eat. Oh, no, 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 no. One day I came home and my electric bill was due and it was $258 because of COVID. I said, Lord, how mercy, how am I going to get this paid? I said, well, I know I can do it. $25 a day. Well, Grandma took her lanyards back. And people was in her ear, oh, auntie, da-da-da-da-da. So she started counting her lanyards. I'm like, Grandma, I'm not going to steal from you. They're right here. So she said, well, I need my keychains. I said, yes, ma'am. But right here, I'm still left with a bill I need to pay. And she was paying me. Okay, if I sold them for 10 she got 5 and I got 5 so I saved everything that I had to invest. God spoke to me clearly one night. He said, Sincera, how many days 
how many times have you messed up the blessings I gave you doing what you want to do? But you run down there and you ask, hey, bro, okay, let me pass out some of your flyers for the hat locker or raining cash or waiting on calling grandma back. He said, uh-uh, I invest in you. And I need you to invest in you like you invest in them. Because they then became your God and I'm, I'm your God. I give you life. I keep your lights on. When the electric man want to come off, I keep you. You ain't even went to the food pantry. Long as you've been dealing with me, you ain't went to the food pantry one time. I ain't let you lack Put you lacking, nothing. So I thought about it, and the owner for PLS, his name is Sergio. How you doing, Sergio? This is Auntie, how you doing? He flew from Arizona and came down here, and we sat outside in front of my building, and it was thunder and lightning. And I seen a coon. I said, hey, wait a minute. He said, relax, Auntie. Be humble, okay. I'm like, man, I ain't going for this. He said, well, how much is the land use, auntie? I said, 120, and I'll be right back. I ran upstairs, I went in my little coffee can, and got all the money I had saved up. It reminded me of uh, Mr. on Color Purple. When he had that money <laughs> stashed under the floor pools, I had mine for the coffee can. <laughs> so I brought him back $86. He was like, auntie, keep that. I'm going to order this. He said, you got me. Well, see, in the streets, when they say you got me, you got got. Right. I was like, no, I ain't got you, but I promise you I'm going to pay you your money back. I promise. If you just get this order for me, the same energy I used to run for this store, that store, and grandma, I used for myself. Right. And I got, and I paid him his money back. I paid him his money back. And with that being said. Nice. Nice. I started my own business, taking care of myself selling NFL and NBA lanyards. My Black Lives Matter t-shirts will be in tomorrow. All sizes for men and women. And from there, I'll get the NFL, NBA face mask. And I just give God all the glory for giving me the opportunity to broaden my mind and to be around people that are doing positive things uh, and not lessening my mind and being stagnated mentally and living life in the area, in the, in the building I live in. Uh, people get a check once a month. Some people don't even have a check. But if they take their mind and take it out of the situation they're in, which stagnates them, and, and step outside the box, again, a battery can't jump. A dead battery can't jump a dead battery. And there's a lot of dead batteries in this building <laughs> I live in. I had to get up out of here. See, and that's what I, I love. I had to get out of here. That's what I love most about you. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to drop your cash out down in the description box. I will also drop the location here in Columbus, Ohio, where Miss Potter is selling her lanyards, the times and dates that she will be out there. So if y'all can go and support this amazing, beautiful woman from the inside out, I will also be dropping her cash app down. Uh, I told her I was going to do it last night, but I'm going to do it tonight. I'm going to drop her cash app down in the description box. So if you feel like being a blessing to this amazing woman, please do so because I know I will. Um, right after we finish this recording, I will be sending something special from me to you just as a small gesture to say thank you. Thank you for finding me and deeming me worthy enough to share your most intimate, private details with. And thank you for sharing your story and encouraging and uplifting. I thank you most of all for allowing God to use you. So with all due respect and love, light, and positivity, 
Thank you so much, Miss Sincere Potter, for being a part of Who Are You to Judge podcast. Go right ahead. So, I would like to end this podcast. I'd like to end your podcast with a prayer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, I lift my hands up high, Father God, and I give you all the honor and glory. I thank you for this podcast, Love, Light, and Vibes, in my darkest days, in my addiction, in my mental state of mind. I just wanted to give up, and I wanted to be the next person in the slab lab next door. I went on, and I kept on tapping into YouTube, the media that you set with love and light and so many others, ministries out here touching lives where there's darkness. I thank you for this opportunity to be on this podcast, Lord God. I say that the ministers and the ministries where love and light Vibes, Lord God, that hallelujah in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God, that it take new heights all over this nation, Lord God, that the family that stands behind us never see poverty, no, no COVID virus, that they would go on, Lord God, just like the things that you did in Chabaz, Lord God, that you would enlarge their territory in the spirit and the finance, everything with prosperity around their family. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Miss Potter. With all the love in my heart, I will talk to you soon. Thank you for being a part of my podcast. Wow, how amazing was that? Look at God. In some of our darkest times, in some of our darkest moments, we don't even understand where our blessing, where our encouragement, nor where our inspiration can come from. You never know who you can touch with your words. If I could leave you with anything else following this particular podcast, remember something, people. The power of life and death lies in the tongue. You can choose to speak life or you can choose to speak death. I made a conscious decision to start speaking life. So I'm sending love, I'm sending light, and I'm sending positivity to you all. Love and light to you all. Who are you to judge? Who are you to judge? Who are you to judge? In the back of my mind, I'm saying, Who are you to judge? Who are you to judge? Who are you to judge? Podcast.